Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us. It is great to be back in the chair with you. Coming up later in the show, I'm going to share with you a little bit about my magical trip to Medora over the weekend. That's why I've been out for a little while, but absolutely just breathtaking, as you can see here, breathtaking and incredible. Some more on that coming up. Also, North Dakota State Auditor Josh Galleon joins us because the Attorney General came out with his opinion about the state legislator trying to cut off some of the auditor's autonomy. Really a fascinating conversation, so be sure and stick around for that. Now, we start tonight, though, with what I'm dubbing as the real, the real manufactured crisis at our southern border. And check this out, the actual coordinated, I say they're coordinated, we'll see what you say, but the coordinated attacks against our CBP, the Customs and Border Patrol agents, and our ICE agents. You now have a lot of Democrats finally, finally going down to check out the border. They're visiting these detention centers. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was recently there. We'll get to more on that in a moment. But here's what I'm saying, folks. I'm not going to come out tonight and say, oh, my gosh, what's going to these detention centers is perfect. And, you know, there's nothing to see here. I'm not suggesting that. But they're also, let me be clear, they are not concentration camps. Let's be crystal clear on that. So it's not perfect. But here's why I say it's a manufactured crisis. And we all know this because if the Democrats, as President Trump has said many times, would just sit down for 15, 30 minutes, they could simply change the asylum laws. And that would stop this magnet of all these families and unaccompanied minors coming up that we are being inundated with right now at these detention centers and along the border. Just to give you an idea, I mean, think about this for a moment. We can all, I think, comprehend this. But right now you look at these detention centers, some of them that they've been visiting. But, you know, mass capacity at these centers, 4,000 people. Like, that is maxed out, tapped. We've got no more resources. And yet you've got one right now that's stacked with about 11,000 about 11,000 people at these detention centers. So again, I'm not saying that the situation there is perfect. It's not. But gosh, when you've got three times as many people that, that should be there that the place can hold, you're going to have some problems, especially if the Democrats aren't going to sit down and actually fix the laws that are pulling people and allowing these people to stay inside our country. Now, onto the coordinated attacks on our Border Patrol agents. I think this is stunning. Again, we'll see what you have to say, but I want to give you some context before I dive into this first and share with, it, with you tonight. So we talk a lot about, not necessarily me, but a lot of people talk about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Do you remember where she got her start? We've talked to you about it on the show before, but if you, if just to remind you, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually got her sort of inkling, her desire to get into politics at the DAPL protests. So it was at these protests, she sort of got this bug and says, hey, you know what, maybe I've got a future in politics. So knowing that that's where she got her start, we can also obviously surmise that she's a well-trained protester and organizer. So with all that context, have you noticed lately how there's been some more stories that are coming out that are really going after our law enforcement officers down at the southern border, trying to essentially, I'll say smear, other people would use that word as well, and here's what I mean specifically. So I'm going to share some things with you. You can determine if you think this is coordinated or not. But on Saturday, I think it was, it was June 29th, the New York Times, their op-ed person, they published this. And when you read this thing, the, the treatment of migrants likely meets the definition of a mass atrocity. I've got a clip for you at the end of this, folks, that just keep that in mind when I play for you. But here's what I want to get at. This article basically is calling on you not to necessarily dox but Customs and Border Patrol, not even to call out their addresses, but basically to shame them, to shame our law enforcement because if they are abiding by the law to hold people in these detention centers that are being literally inundated with. 
So keep that in mind. Again, remember, AOC got her start at the Dapple protests, and now you've got a organization uh, down along the border. If we can bring this graphic up, please, where they are now organizing, organizing protests. I don't remember the exact name. I think this is the Border Safe Networks or something like that, but they're organizing protests. They're having a national call to action on July 12th where they're calling on people. And again, they're labeling them concentration camps. Let's just use as much hyperbole as possible, right? So they want to come out and, and again, denigrate, shame, put people down that are along with CBP and ICE and, and try to shut down these concentration camps. They want to shut down the camps, and yet they won't actually step up and change any law. So keep that for some context. And I'm sure many of you have heard you had Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez down at one of these uh, detention centers recently. And I'm going to play a clip for you here. There's a couple of things I want you to know, okay, before I play this for you. I want you to watch closely to the very end of this video. There's an important piece here, and we talk a lot about fake news in the mainstream media. There's an important critical piece at the end of this clip that our affiliate cut out. They, they chopped the audio out of it, so I'm going to tell you what that is after I play this clip for you. But again, this is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez down at the detention center. Maybe we'll have a little bit of the audio for you, but I'll explain it to you. Here's what she had to say. There's abuse in these, in these facilities. There's abuse. This was them on their best behavior, and they put them in a room with no running water, and these women were being told by CBP officers to drink out of the toilet. They were drinking water out of the toilet. And that was them knowing what a congressional visit was coming. That was, this is CBP on their best behavior, telling people to drink out of the toilet. Did you see somebody actually do that? Sorry, yeah. So you might be able to kind of hear it at the end there. Producer Josh did a great job of turning up that audio, but you heard a reporter there ask her as she's sitting there, they're drinking out of a toilet. They did it. Hey, did you see it, AOC? And she rolls up the window and gives them the, you know, the Heisman sign, right? So why not answer the question? If you saw it, answer the question. She doesn't want to have anything to do with that. Let's, and again, I wasn't there. I'm not going to sit there and speculate about what, what she saw or didn't see. But again, if she saw that, answer the question, right? So knowing that this accusation, these allegations were being put out there by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, not the first time she's made things up, um, Earlier today on Fox and Friends, they brought on, he was the deputy CBP commissioner uh, on the show. I want to set this up, but basically they ask him, hey, is, is this true? Are people drinking out of toilets? Here's the setup. Here's his comments. Deputy Commissioner, thank you for joining us. We'll put the question straight to you. Is anyone drinking from toilets in these facilities? Well, thanks for having me this morning, folks. Um, look, Griff, I can tell you with the utmost confidence that uh, the migrants, uh, anyone and everyone uh, in our custody at all of our facilities have ready access to fresh water, they have access to consumables, and the standards that we apply to make sure that on a recurring and very timed basis that not only they have access to the types of consumables and fresh water that they would need, but even in between if they make those requests, that our agents and officers are at the ready to provide uh, those types of requests to them. Um, and I've never heard in 26 years of being in this business ever heard of uh, that type of allegation being made. 
So 26 years, never heard that allegation being made. He's saying, hey, they've got clean water, things are good. Now, now keep in mind, this is important to note here about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? She's talking about they're drinking out of toilets and this isn't safe and that's not good. But let me remind you, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez voted against, voted against the $4.5 billion for the humanitarian aid for CBP in these attention centers. So she's like an arsonist that wants to go out there and act like the hero, like she, you know, put the fire out, right? She goes down there and they, hey, look what I did, I'm here. But yet she wants that fire to keep going when she won't even vote for the $4.5 billion to get the money to the detention centers so that kids can sleep in beds, have toothbrushes, and some of the things that people are talking about. That's what AOC does. Now, what they want to tell you is that, look, these detention centers are horrendous. They, not me, they use the term, they call these things concentration camps. So would anybody out there, would you ever send your son or daughter to a concentration camp? The answer is obviously no. Keep that in mind in a moment here. The Dems also tell you, hey, the most vile, the worst thing on the planet that you can do is separate kids from their families, right? That is the absolute worst sin that a person can commit. I would agree with that. I don't want to see kids separate with their families. And yet, and yet, Democrat presidential candidate is a Kamala or Kamala, I don't know how you say her first name, but Kamala Harris tries to justify why a mom would separate herself from her kids and give them over to, to coyotes, and yet they want to dub these detention centers as concentration camps. You see if you can make any sense out of this. We have to think about this issue in terms of real people. A mother who pays a coyote to transport her child through their country of origin, through the entire country of Mexico, facing unknown peril to come here. Why would that mother do that? I will tell you. Because she has decided for that child to remain where they are is worse. Does that make any sense to you? They call it a concentration camp. We can't separate families, but now she's trying to justify why a mom would give a son or daughter over to a coyote. Folks, it is like the twilight zone half the time. Listen to this stuff, but that's why we have the show. We'd love to know your point of view. Please share it with us. All right, last Friday, Attorney General Wayne Stenger released an opinion regarding the state auditor's office and its powers, its autonomy. You may remember the state legislature tried to actually strip the state auditor, auditor of having more autonomy to do performance audits. So the auditor called uh, on the AG to give an opinion on this. The legislature, uh, basically what the AG says is, hey, what the legislature was doing here was unconstitutional based on the state's constitution of separation of powers. Fascinating opinion. Uh, so earlier today, I had a chance to sit down with Auditor Josh Galling to get his take on his opinion, on this opinion, I should say, and much, much more. Josh, welcome back to Point of View. Great to have you with us, sir. Congratulations on this opinion. Love to know from you, because, you know, not many people are going to sit down and actually read this opinion. So for the people watching right now, the most important thing they should take away from this opinion from the AG is what? Chris, thanks for having me. Uh, the most uh, important thing that people should take away is that the Attorney General, Wayne Stengem, uh deemed that the uh, legislature's uh, uh, laws that they put into place were likely unconstitutional. Now, this is an opinion that you asked for quite some time ago, so when you first read it, uh, what was your initial reaction? Well, we were pleased to have uh, the, the guidance, to know, to know exactly where the auditor's office uh, um, goes from here. You know, our focus is continuing to provide the services to the citizens of North Dakota, 
this provided the clarity on which, uh, which steps and what actions we take, uh, take from here. So did you have any sense of irony from the standpoint that A.G. Stengem wrote an opinion saying, hey, uh, this would be unconstitutional due to the separation of powers based on a lawsuit that the legislature sued our governor and his executive powers? Well, I, th I think the uh, opinion was uh, very well written, and I think he clearly laid out the, uh, you know, his, his opinion. He provided uh, a couple of different perspectives from a couple of different points of view. And uh, again, I think it was a very well written opinion, and I appreciate uh, the Attorney General uh, and his team uh, for their work. I mean, there had to be a piece of you, and you may not want to say this on TV, but there had to be a piece of you that was like, okay, this is good. This is good news. So in your best educated guess, because you're in the Capitol, you hear all the hearsay, what initiated the lawmakers to want to try to strip you of this power or diminish your powers, do you think? Yeah, I, I have no idea what, uh, what background um, caused all of this. I know it was inserted into the, uh, the appropriation bill for the auditor's office. During the last conference committee meeting, there was almost no discussion. Uh, it really came out of nowhere. I don't know what, what brought this on. Do you think it had anything to do with your audit of uh, NDSES and what came out about uh, Fargo City Commissioner Tony Grinberg? You know, I have no idea. Any, anything would be uh, uh, speculation, and I wouldn't want to comment on that. I do want to get your comment on this. As you know, uh, Senate Majority Leader Rich Wardner, when there was kind of the kerfuffle around this, um, he put out a piece, and the title of it was The Legislature's Appropriate Role in Overseeing State Audits, essentially saying, hey, this, what we're doing here is appropriate. The legislature's got an appropriate role to make sure they oversee you. According to Wayne Stengem, uh, he was wrong. Any comment on that? Well, I think, again, Attorney General Stengem's opinion, he clearly lays out the uh, separation of powers doctrine that we are co-equal branches of government. And while the legislature sets, uh, they prescribe the duties and law, it is the executive branch's responsibility to execute those. And so, again, I, I think the opinion is worth a read. Uh, it was very well articulated. Um, the auditor's office, we're just looking forward to get back to, our, uh, back to work, uh, moving forward, producing informative audits that improve government. So where do we go from here? Because I think it's important for people at home to realize, like, this is just an opinion. This doesn't really change anything. It's an opinion. Um, although Senator Wardner said, hey, we will go along with this opinion. But so where do we go from here? What does this mean exactly for the people at home? So let me, uh, I can read the last sentence uh, on Attorney General Stenger's opinion. It says, this opinion is issued pursuant to the Century Code 54-1201. It governs the actions of public officials until such time as the question presented is decided by the courts. So I guess if for absolute clarity, it would have to go before the Supreme Court. Uh, at this point, I don't have um, any interest in pursuing this in, in court. Uh, I can't speak for the legislature. Uh, but for me, this opinion right here, it it's, provides the direction we need to go forward, uh, business as usual, in the auditor's office. So, to, and again, Senator Wardner said, hey, we're going to go along with this opinion at this point, but clearly they could either make changes, they could, they could call a special session and come back and try to change it, you know, in accordance with the Constitution, or they may wait until the 2021 session. Going what you've went through up to this point and feeling like, hey, maybe these people are trying to disempower me rather than put more transparency, more light on the issues in our state government. Will you run again for state auditor? Uh, at this point, I'm not uh, uh, going to 
get into that. We're still evaluating uh, at home uh, the, the next course of action for me. I will say I love being the state auditor. I love serving the citizens of North Dakota, and I look forward to doing it as long as I'm in office. Any reason you wouldn't run again? I'm not saying I, I won't. I'm saying we're, I'm discussing that with my wife, and we're going to evaluate that decision as a family. All right, you and I both know that you've got state legislators watching you right now. Um, again, there was this kerfuffle during the session. AG comes out with his opinion saying they were unconstitutionally trying to strip you of your powers. I'm going to give you the last word here, and what's your message to the legislators? Well, I look forward to continue to work with the legislature. Again, we have to be able to communicate. Uh, we do need to be able to share information. In order to improve public policy, uh, state government, they are the ones that have to execute those laws. And so I look forward to, to doing what we've been doing all along, is, is we do share information with them. I know some of them have talked about it. This is about uh, increasing communication. The auditor's office today has never been more transparent than it is right now. You can go on our website. Uh, you can see our audit schedule, what audits we're currently working on, what phase that they are in. Uh, and we are putting all of this information out there for not just the legislature, uh, but for the public. And I look forward to continuing to uh, communicate, work with uh, every legislator uh, to improve our government. Why do you think the legislators are so afraid of you? I don't think that anybody should be afraid of the auditor's office uh, unless they're doing something uh, inappropriate. You said you didn't know what initiated this, but okay, yeah, I mean, that, that's a, a fair response. So, uh, all right, sir, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate the insight. And again, congratulations on this. I have one last question. So normally an opinion takes a long time for an AG to come out. Why do you think Wayne Stengem came out with this one so quickly? I think because it is, as part of an appropriation bill, it took effect July 1st. And um, so I, I presume that uh, Attorney General Stengem made this a, a priority to get this done before this policy took effect, especially since we have a legislative audit and fiscal review committee meeting coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I, he possibly felt that it was important to get this uh, issue resolved. North Dakota State Auditor Josh Gallion, thank you for the insight. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it.